0: We look back at one of the biggest trades in sports history with a man who covered the event here in Los Angeles. That's next on this edition of Locked On LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day. Hey,
0: Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love for you to leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts if you like the show. And, of course, we're also on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you are enjoying this content. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20-plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 17 years And of course, a passionate LA Kings fan for 30 years. Well, one week and 35 years ago, August 9th, 1988, the LA Kings acquired the great one, Wayne Gretzky in what some thought was an unthinkable trade with the Edmonton Oilers. We are going to look back on that with someone who was in LA to cover that event. Personally, we welcome back to the show, Ted Sobel, award-winning LA radio sports reporter and author of the book, Touching Greatness. Hey, Ted, how you doing?
1: Great, Eddie. Thanks for having me on, and I always love reminiscing, especially the most important trade, and not just Kings history, NHL history. And maybe
0: the biggest shocking trade in sports history, really, at least North American sports. I certainly can't comment on something that happened in soccer in Italy or something (laughs) like that. But um, So I have to admit, I mentioned at the beginning, I've been a Kings fan for 30 years. Uh, obviously I wasn't a Kings fan when this trade happened, this trade is a part of the reason, a big part of the reason why I became a Kings fan and a hockey fan. So obviously this had a huge impact on me, but I I know that we had an, we have a, a Friday feedback show every Friday with the listeners and the viewers. And we had an email this past Friday and someone who hadn't been a Kings fan like me back in the day. Wanted to know because it was the anniversary. And by the way, should have had you on last week for the anniversary, but bad job by me. Uh, But how did that trade happen? And it's a great question. Some people don't know. And I I think even something that I'm really interested in is they don't know what it felt like when it happened. Now, when it did happen, I remember being a, a kid who was a huge sports fan. It got my attention. And I knew who Wayne Gretzky was, and I'm like, "Wow, how could that guy get traded?" And then kind of it snowballed from there. So I would like to give people who were not around at that time a sense of maybe what that was like. So let me throw out a couple of scenarios to you, okay. and you tell me would this even be close to what it felt like when that happened? Because Gretzky just came off winning a championship. Yeah. He was a multiple, multiple, multiple time MVP, and one of, the, and you know, the greatest player in the game. If you woke up today. And you found out Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, who's won two Super Bowls, just won one last year, who's won multiple MVPs. If you woke up and found out he got traded today. Or how about Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets? Just won an NBA title, multiple-time MVP. If you woke up this morning and found out he got traded, people's minds would explode. They would be like, how could this happen? Would either of those scenarios kind of capture what it was like when Wayne Gretzky got traded.
1: Yes and no. The circumstances are very different. First of all, the eras are different, and you can never compare what's going on in the world 35 years later. Okay? Um, But the main thing to remember was the Edmonton Oilers were in financial straits at the time. That's not the case with the Kansas City Chiefs or the Denver Nuggets or whomever. So they needed money. Peter Pocklington, the owner, uh, was pretty desperate. And there was some chatter. It was all in the background. Could Gretzky get traded? And the thought was, probably not, but Pocklington's pretty desperate. And it started to build. Okay. And I don't even think we truly know the answer why and how Wayne got traded. Because if you look back, if you read the stories then, or any videos or anything, there's always two or three sides to the story. You hear... Uh, Bruce McNall say, hey, I had Wayne in my office a few times. We talked about it since Wayne had just gotten married to Janet. I think it was like a month earlier or something like that. Um, And she's from L.A., or at least she originally from St. Louis. But but she you know, she's living in L.A. She's in the acting business. Where else would you want to get traded? So Canada blamed Uh, all of it on (laughs) Janet that she was the Yoko Ono for breaking up the Beatles, the whole routine, same exact story. It was so ridiculous. Okay. Then you, so you have McNall saying, yes, I want him. But I think the one guy that's forgotten more than anybody is Dr. Jerry Buss because Buss owned the Kings and the Lakers before Bruce McNall bought his, whatever it was, 51%. So he could be the majority owner at the time. And, jerry Buss is the one who opened the talks with Pocklington a while back he was just trying to say hey this is los angeles we need stars here if you are ever thinking of training wayne gretzky please we're you know we're waiting we're just call me at three in the morning i don't care right so it, it was jerry Buss who who just set the table early on and then when he became a minority owner The talks were still there, and McNall was very personable. He was was not afraid to say hello to the Gretzkys of the world, and they became friendly. I don't know how much friends they were, but I know they had dinner at times before he was with the Kings, Um, and so you could just sort of feel like, okay, something is brewing there, but you still had to have an Edmonton owner that's willing to say, hey, we're going to trade the greatest player who ever lived. And he got 15 million bucks, which was a lot of money in 1988, and that's or 89. And that's exactly, uh, I think, the the impetus to the entire thing was the major cash involvement, not the players or the first round picks or anything. That helped him get out of his own financial situation. But it's hard to compare. Like I said, if Patrick Mahomes got traded now, it would be, in some respects, more of a shock was so like, "Hey, they don't need the money." What would you? And no, no team needs the money in the NFL. I mean, they make, you know, right. they make mega millions before they sell one ticket. It's not like that in the NHL. But um, so that was part of. And then you had the Wayne Gretzky side of the story, where he says, "I didn't ask to be traded," and everybody, a lot of people thought in Canada he did ask to be traded for a couple of reasons. He was going to be a free agent the following year. He wasn't going to sign his contract. At the time he wasn't going to sign an extension until he felt comfortable they were going to give him the money and then there was the money situation with his team so but he loved playing there he loved his teammates you know him and mark messier they siamese twins i mean you know how was and then you just go down the list of great players on that team it's definitely the greatest offensive team of all time and so there were so many reasons why he would never want to leave and i think janet was pregnant at the time, if I remember correctly. Uh, So uh, they were going to have their first kid. They just got married. So there was, okay, so we're going to raise our kid in Edmonton or in Los Angeles. And there was you know good and bad for every scenario. So there was all of that. So you had McNall saying, I want to get Gretzky, whatever it takes. Pocklington saying, not out loud, I need the money, but he definitely needed the money. And Gretzky with his own, hey, what am I going to do the next 10 years of my life? And I'm going to start to raise a family. So it was all those scenarios at one. They just all converged. And then here we had the unbelievable uh, news conference down in the, near the airport.
0: Well, I definitely want to get your thoughts on that because I know you were yeah. there. But there have been some big trades in L.A. sports history uh, but this one seems, I think, to kind of transcend transcend that because of the circumstances. Because you had, I mean, look, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar came to the Lakers. Will Chamberlain came to the Lakers, but the Lakers were already, you know, I don't know if they were established, but they they've been kind of a glamour no, team. The Kings weren't. Sure. So this was the, you know, not only was the greatest player in the game being traded, still, you know, at at the top of his game, but going to a place that needed something to jumpstart it, to get it on the map. Uh, so when it comes to trades in L.A. sports history, I would assume Gretzky's got to be one? Oh,
1: yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, it's funny. I remember vividly. I don't remember vividly what he said, but I remember vividly speaking to Bob Miller at the press conference afterwards. And I talked to him and Jimmy Fox, and I talked to Wayne. I talked to a couple of players who were there I believe I yeah I got a few minutes with McNall as well. As a matter of fact, I got a quote that I uh, I kept in front of me that I, I'll read to you later from McNall. It's pretty funny actually about about finally getting this deal done. Um but yeah, I mean there's no doubt it's the biggest trade because it was it what what Bob Miller's he just kept shaking his head. I can't believe we got Wayne Gretzky. I just can't believe it. He just kept saying that. And we all did. You know, again, uh, up until that day um you heard a little bit here and there but you just didn't believe it until you saw it and then there he was right up there putting on the new king's jersey the new colors and dr bus was standing right behind him you know when helping him put the put the jersey on because he was heavily involved in that so um i there's no question it's the biggest trade in la sports history and there have been some great ones
0: we're going to have more with Ted Sobel, award-winning LA Sports Radio reporter in a moment. We're going to talk about that press conference and what it was like here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. But real quick, take your first swings at betting on Major League Baseball with FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets. It's $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you could spend betting on everything from the money line to the over-under, who you think will hit the first home run, all on an app that is super safe, secure, and easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com lockedon locked on to get up to $200 in a bonus bet. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, we're back with uh, with Ted Sobel, and uh, Ted, that trade, as you mentioned, it didn't come right out of the blue. Uh, you mentioned Jerry Bust, of course, a little bit more famous for being the Lakers owner, had approached uh, Peter Pocklington, the owner of the Oilers back in the day, and then Bruce McNall, when he came in to own, the, own the, uh, the Kings, he approached him as well, because they knew the value of star power. They knew that this was a trade to get the Kings on the map. So it wasn't really kind of out of the blue. This was floated around and Wayne Gretzky had to at least have considered it right. He had had to have at least thought about it. I think if he wanted to stay in Edmonton, he definitely could have, but this wasn't completely out of the blue. Like some people, people think it was,
1: you know, I don't know how easy it was for him to accept the trade because, you know, again, you are just coming off another Stanley cup win and another, uh, a con Smythe for him. And I mean, he was just, all world all the time and in his prime let's not forget that too it's not like he was 37 like well let's just get rid of we don't want to pay him anymore so uh but he accepted it for some of the reasons i we already talked about and i think that um it got to a point that he felt comfortable with mcnoll and he said you know what this is not a bad move for me I don't want to leave all my buddies at Edmonton. I don't want to leave Edmonton. I mean, he really loved it there. And he was God, of course, and he should have been. Uh, but I think there was something about this thing coming to Los Angeles and saying, you know what? We can build something here. And, and Wayne's a competitor and it's one of the great challenges. And it was a challenge to get Eddie, young Eddie Garcia to become <laughs> a Kings fan because he wasn't yet, you know, and it was that kind of a, Thing where he jumped in and said, You know, I'm going to embrace this. Uh, and let's face it, he's not just a great player. It was the timing of it that made it the greatest trade in sports history, too. The timing being Los Angeles needed a star in hockey to, to build the sport, the league needed a star in the Southern hemisphere, and that changed everything. And the San Jose Sharks. Would not be the San Jose Sharks if it wasn't for Wayne Gretzky. They would not exist, as the same with the Mighty Ducks at the time. And I think there was one team south of the Mason-Dixon line at that time, and it was the St. Louis Blues. Otherwise, nothing south of St. Louis. So you think about how that changed the league. And, yes, it was star power, but it gave the league something. It gave the league uh, an NBC contract a few years later that they never would have gotten, ever. So, it, you know, I don't know. It, it would be fascinating to see the true experts and business side of the game say, have an hour with them. What would it be like if Wayne Gretzky wasn't traded to the Kings right now? That would be a fascinating show because most of these teams would, would never have existed. And that look at the way Southern California hockey built up immediately because of him. And how many players now grew up in L.A. and they were playing in the NHL? You know, I mean, it's fascinating to see that. Never would have happened without Wayne.
0: Yeah, and it's, you know, when you talk about the most impactful trade in, like, North American sports history, it wasn't just because of the impact it had on the Kings, but the impact it had on the league and how it grew and things like that. Okay, so there were two press conferences the day Wayne Gretzky got traded. (laughs) There is one in Edmonton where he's crying and it's like a funeral, and then he comes to LA and you were there at, uh, an airport, at an airport hotel, I believe it yep. was in, in right our LAX.
1: from LAX. Yes.
0: And, uh, obviously a much different feel. Um, but, uh, you know, what was it like to be at that press conference? You've covered a lot of press conferences, a lot of events. How does that compare? What was that like? Give us a sense of what it was like to be there. And, and again, how does that compare to any other press conferences you've been to? Well, um,
1: hundreds of press conferences I've probably been to. Uh, I, I want to compare it. It's total opposite, though. But as far as being important, you know, the Magic Johnson HIV news conference, I was there and I wrote a whole chapter for my future volume for my book, Touching Greatness, on that and what and the emotions in that room. When I walked in that room, there were cameramen and writers in the corner crying and he hadn't even made the announcement yet because we thought Mm. he's dead. He's dead. So you know that's a totally different guy, but from an important standpoint, uh, from the a local issue, uh, you know, Wayne's a, a same level, but other side of the spectrum. Um, I got there early, and I just remember the podium in the background. I, I went to dozens of King's news conferences, and mm-hmm. it was usually me and a couple of other people, or a handful. You know, that maybe the Times beat writer. If it wasn't a big deal, maybe one TV station was there. Maybe, you know, that kind of thing. This was like, uh, wow, is this the Academy Awards? I mean, what the hell's going on here? I, every TV station was there. Radio stations were there that didn't even know how to spell hockey. You know, like like news stations and stuff. I, I didn't work for the news station. I, I did a little bit of work for KNX, which is still around now. Uh, at the time but I I don't even remember what I was covering for it was probably like AP or UPI or you know one of the uh one of the, the reporting uh groups out there national ones but it was fascinating to see how many photographers were there and I and I mentioned in my book that uh it sounded like machine guns going off when Wayne Gretzky hmm. came out from behind there from were the photos yeah exactly you know they they didn't have the quiet uh, cameras like they have now it was and just nonstop. And I, I was looking around to see who's aiming at me. You know, it was unbelievable. And, uh, and then the writers were, I don't remember how many people, but it, by far, it's the most I've ever seen at a news conference. And I think it was more, and I'm guessing, even more than the Magic Johnson, because they closed off. We were in the forum club for the Magic Johnson one, and the Inglewood Fire Department was there, and they said, no more people so they shut it off this was a big like a banquet hall room in the hotel where we were you know and they just set up the stage and, and the whole thing and then we were in the background and a little lift and i remember always trying to move around they, you know us stupid radio guys it's like hey get off the stage you're moving the camera the, the, the bottom of it right and it's like I'm, I'm just trying to find a good spot here i plugged in my my audio equipment and just raring to go. And I'm sure I got a couple questions in, but it was the bottom line was that Wayne was mostly smiles. Then he, there was still a little leftover, like, I can't believe this is happening. You know, it was the same day. It was yeah, like just, hours earlier, he and, yeah, he and McNall jumped on their private plane, flew from Edmonton to LA and it's like, okay, time to be happy now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you never see that anywhere.
0: For real. Uh, so i try to i mean i try to look at things that are going on today and equate it to, to other things so people can relate to it i don't know if anyone's paying attention but in the MLS Lionel Messi has joined this miami team who had nothing going for them weren't on the David map Jackson. at all they had David yeah 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 and so he's now drawing all this attention to himself that team and the league that he uh, that otherwise they would not be getting and i'm thinking maybe that's a little taste. Of kind of what it was like when Gretzky came to LA a little bit is that is that maybe a little bit of a comparable at all?
1: Following the MLS very closely. Well, neither
0: am I, but I'm I'm talking about it, you know, on our station, right? Yeah, but
1: you know what? I don't think that's any bigger, and I don't think it's as big. I could be wrong. I don't think it's as big as when Beckham came to LA. I when David Beckham came to the to the Galaxy, it was like. What David Beckham, even though he's, well, I think I'd have to look it up. I don't know the difference in age when they did come here, but Beckham was on the, the other half of his career. And I think Messi is too, right? I mean, he's not in his prime yes. anymore. Mm-hmm. He's still yeah. great, but he's not as great as he was five years ago, if I have it correctly. So sure. there's sort of, there's similarities there, but David Beckham came to Los Angeles. You know, he, what Miami is, a is a tiny town compared to LA when it comes to national sports. So I think Beckham was bigger. I, I could be wrong. You know, I again you know, I I'm looking from totally on the outside. But uh but I, I I get what you're saying. And and the importance to the league is something where you could do maybe a little it's like MLS needs a Beckham or a Messi for sure to get on the map with the other sports because they're I don't know if they're ever gonna not in my, my lifetime. Of course i'm i look at my second hand now in my lifetime so i don't know what's going on. but maybe in your lifetime it'll be up there in the top four or five sports who knows right
0: well have some more with ted sobel author of the book touching greatness in a moment here on locked on la kings your team every day Quick reminder to check out Locked on NHL, Monday through Friday, all year round. It's your source for all of your latest hockey news that's Locked on NHL. It's on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast as well. So trying to keep the theme of, you know, what it was like when Wayne Gretzky came. I know we had Fernando Mania. He just got his number retired recently. I don't know how that took that long, but uh, what was it like? What was Gretzky Mania like when he finally did get to L.A.? Came And just, I can't even imagine what it was like for any Kingsmen at that time to, you know, be going to games and good seats are still available. And suddenly, Queen Gretzky's on our team and the house is
1: packed. It's, I mean, what a change. What a metamorphosis. I totally remember the next day after the news conference, hearing stories about that it is bonkers at the forum that they're getting a ridiculous amount of calls for season tickets. And I don't recall if it was sold out immediately. I think it was, but I do know that it was the first time. So, so 89, that would have been right. Uh, eight, eight, 89, I'm, I'm losing track here. I always think of 88. That was the year the Dodgers won their last real world series. Uh, 89. Um, so you're talking about the Kings started in 67, right? So a little more than 20 years had gone by and they had never had a sellout on opening night ever, wow. ever. First time. Think about that. That's insane. You would have think they would have found, you know, 10,000 Canadians in the street somewhere. Just say, Hey, come over. Let's you know get your seats for opening. Night. Never happened until that, that first year. So that was a big thing to remember. And, and the other thing I'll never forget is Wayne Gretzky, the first, his first shift he scored. So, I mean, it's like, what? It was a fix in here? And the place went nuts. That was so great. But but the impact locally, when you saw as many stars coming to the Kings games as the Lakers games, I mean, I was there from year one. I couldn't believe my eyes. It was insane. And on a regular basis, I'd be going down to the locker room after a game, and there would be the guy who eventually played Herbie Brooks in Miracle, Hmm. right? Kurt Russell. Yeah, he was regular down there with with his wife or his partner, whatever you want to call it, right? Uh, And and they had their little baby there who now is a famous actress. I can't think of her name, I'm sorry. What's Kurt Russell's daughter's name? Uh, I know her too. Yeah, anyway, not important, but she was just a little baby. Kate Hudson. Kate Kate Hudson, Hudson, thank you. Yeah, because her father is one of the Hudson brothers. Okay, before uh, Goldie Hawn, her mother was with uh kurt russell Mm -hmm. but anyway so you'd see them there right and you'd see uh tom hanks there regularly he was there all the time the amazing person that you saw there while he was president of the united states ronald (laughs) reagan sitting behind the glass i mean come on that didn't happen for marcel dion (laughs) or luke right (laughs) i mean they were great players but Ronald Reagan was, was begging McNall for tickets. <laughs> I mean, that's fascinating stuff. <laughs>
0: so you, we talked a little bit about the impact that he had on hockey in LA. And you mentioned this earlier, and I've always wondered, and it sounds like you definitely believe this, that if it's not for Wayne Gretzky, there's no Anaheim ducks. There's no San Jose sharks. How, I mean, that, <laughs> if that's true,
1: again well it's you know what it's true for when they came in now you know who knows 10 years later right he accelerated the
0: process of everything right yeah but i I mean it's
1: not a coincidence that all of a sudden you didn't find teams coming up in minnesota or in maine you know i mean they're they're all southern teams after that right so and you know minnesota moved to dallas and this team moved to and uh, what uh, hartford moved to carolina i mean none of that stuff and then florida teams there were no florida teams they weren't even thought of florida teams at that time i remember the first time when when florida panthers were it's like what you know uh, is that going to make it and they they've struggled on and off over the years you know they to this day you know when they win it's great and when they win everybody says oh what a successful franchise when they're not winning it's like hey it's not so great down here
0: you know, Tampa so, Bay has been pretty good, though. Tampa okay, Bay has been pretty yeah,
1: good. Yeah. But but would they be good if they weren't such a great team, though?
0: Oh, sure. Of course. I mean, they were
1: not. Until, they were not good. Phil Esposito, until they started winning about, what, 10 years ago, whatever it was now, Esposito was like trying to sell hockey in Tampa all the time. So, it's you know, it wasn't simple. It looks easy now, but it wasn't easy going around.
0: Yes. I mean, we could, Ted, we could talk about this for hours and hours. I know, it's It's, great. it's, it's, right it's an, un, it was an unbelievable trade. It's awesome that the LA Kings obviously were involved in it because who knows what the direction and the course of the franchise would be at this point. We, you know, you just can't predict with the dominoes falling, yeah. but uh, it it was one of the, if not the greatest, most impactful trades in the history of sports, certainly at least in North America. Uh, it was cool to get your uh, firsthand account of things. Anything you just want to wrap it up when you
1: think about that yeah, day? Yeah, I have a couple of quotes that I put in my okay. book that I thought your listeners would enjoy. Please. Because the talk was that McNall was asked for Luke Robitaille and Jimmy Carson, who had come off his phenomenal year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and And Bruce didn't want to give up Luke. And Gretzky told him. Gretzky was playing GM, even though Rogie Vashon was the general manager at the time. It was it was Wayne who said, I got to have Marty McSorley. I got to have Mike Kruschniski. He's the one who said, those are coming with me. If you want me, I got to have those guys. And he mm-hmm. got them, right? So they wanted Luke. And, and Wayne said, no, you're not trading Luke. I got to have somebody <laughs> to pass it to. You know, I mean, give me a break. So what McNull told me verbatim, I asked him, "Were you close to a deal sending Luke and Carson for Wayne?" And his comment: "Quote, well, we weren't close to it, but they wanted Robotic Carson and 18 other players, about 19 other draft picks, and a billion six in dollars. Right? I think they wanted to settle the national debt in one deal. That's what he told me that day at the news conference. And I asked Jimmy Fox his reaction. He said immediately sent a chill." down my spine. I can't believe we have Wayne Gretzky. So, I think that sort of sums it up right there from the yeah. from the management standpoint to the ex-player then announcer Jimmy, although I guess Jimmy Fox was very new to the booth then. I don't even remember anymore. But uh just think about how that happened and I go back, it's it's funny cuz I think of Wayne personally, we both started in pro hockey he's slightly more important than me. <laughs> we both started pro hockey the exact same year. Right. And the guy who let him go to pro hockey from his junior team was a coach for the first team I ever, I ever uh, announced for his name was Muzz McPherson. He was Wayne's co- head coach in, uh, in Ontario. So it, and we used to tell stories on the, he would tell me stories about Wayne and Wayne wasn't this like national treasury yet. He was in the WHA first year. He was a rookie. Right. And they were just hoping he was going to be some kind of whatever Wayne Gretzky could be. So it's just fascinating stuff that. And then all these years later, Wayne endorses my book, Touching Greatness, with stories about him in it. So it's full circle, baby. I don't know what to tell you.
0: Well, Ted, it's great uh, to uh, get to talk to you about this uh, and talk to somebody who obviously was there as it happened. Um it was an amazing moment in sports certainly one of the greatest moments well probably the greatest moment in the history of the Los Angeles Kings even greater than their two Stanley Cups which was pretty great but uh great should've to talk to you
1: should have been, been should have been, 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 been one great. with Wayne three.
0: yes that's true believe me i that's when i first got on board being a kings fan and it's still the the stick with marty McStorley still is a, is a source uh, but marty but, marty, uh, marty. Great to talk to you, Ted. Uh, always appreciate getting your perspective on things. Uh, and again, the book is Touching Greatness. Uh, go and check that out. It's not just about hockey, but it's about a lot of other things. and a lot all the of things you've covered and seen in your time. As on Amazon, by the way. Longtime LA sports reporter. All right, Ted, thank you so thank much. You. And, and we'll uh, talk to you again soon.
1: Thanks. You got it.
0: All right, that was Ted Sobel. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Getting a little taste of, again, what it was like. When Wayne Gretzky was traded to the LA Kings, uh, it was a, an amazing, amazing trade. There's documentaries about it. There's books about it. If you're more interested in that, you can check those out as well. But uh, that was cool to get to talk to Ted about that. All right, for you every day, as you know what's coming up on Friday, is our weekly Kings fan feedback show. All your questions, all your comments, anything going on with the LA Kings, anything we talked about with this interview, uh, you can send an email, locked on Eddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E. And of course, you can always leave your comments in the comment section on the YouTube episodes as well. Uh, you want to follow us on Twitter? want to follow us on Instagram? We are at Locked On LA Kings. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you, as always, for listening and watching this episode of Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll talk to you on Friday. And as always, go Kings, go.